You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> doing episode 97 of the wide ride podcast i am your host ryan honey as always of elite sports new york and elite sports radio network coming to you live on a tuesday afternoon eh, tuesday night 5 15 p.m my apologies i did not put up as you can sort of tell maybe already in those first 20 seconds of this episode i sound a little sick i am still a little sick i was sick yesterday and on sunday uh so monday and yet yeah, so it is, I mentioned it's Tuesday, so yesterday being Monday, and then Sunday I was sick. Um, yeah, n- not, you know, a little cold, okay, stuffy, little tickle in my throat, not a big deal, but couldn't record an episode for to preview the Giants-Chiefs game, so that's why there was no episode uh, previewing that game posted. Uh, my bad, I wanted to focus on my physical health and physical well-being, but I wanted to come back today on the podcast to, I'm going to fight through the sickness, or whatever's left of it. Because I want to talk about a couple things. One being the Giants-Chiefs debacle last night, Monday night. And also the Giants' activity at the deadline or lack thereof. Just got off the Zoom call earlier. Was on the Zoom call with Joe Judge uh, and the reporters. And wrote about what he had to say. I just published it a couple minutes ago on EliteSportsNY.com. You can go check it out. Published what he had to say about the Giants' uh, lack of activity at the deadline. I'm not exactly thrilled um, with their lack of uh, activity at the deadline. Just going to uh, preface that, So, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But listen, I'm not going to go through. You know I don't love to go through different stats. How did this person play? How did that person play? You know, this time around, specifically speaking, the Giants' 20-17 to loss to the Chiefs on Monday night. Um, you know, I don't like to do that because I don't like to bore you guys. You know who played well. You know who. You know the defense played good. Okay, you know Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, called a great game. You know Daniel Jones wasn't fantastic. Okay, you know they really couldn't run the ball at all. Okay, you, you know that they're dealing with numerous injuries. You know this. I'm not going to bore you. I'm not breaking news. I don't break news. I'm not a reporter. All I want to talk about when it comes to this game, this loss of the Kansas City Chiefs, were the two disastrous penalties late in the game. Chiefs had the ball late in the fourth quarter, tied at 17. Patrick Mahomes throws a pick. Darnay Holmes, great play, second-year corner. What a play. He jumps the route. He picks it off. Oh, my God, they have the ball. O'Shane Zimenez offside. It was a second and 20, and O'Shane Zimenez went offside. It's now second and 15. They hit Travis Kelsey. 14-yard gain. Face mask on Tay Crowder. Into Giants territory. Those two penalties played crucial roles 
in the Chiefs eventually getting down into field goal range for Harrison Bucker, who knocked it through for the go-ahead field goal. The Giants got the ball back with about a minute left, down 20-17, to 17, no timeouts. They get sacked twice. You know how that goes. When you need a big drive, minutes ago, down by three, no timeouts, and you get sacked even once, that's it. That's it. All those receivers need to run back. All those reserve receivers, because nobody is healthy. Sterling Shepard was knocked out of the game. Kenny Galladay didn't play. Saquon Barkley, obviously not a receiver, but he didn't play. You know, Kadarius Tony has his health-related issues. You know, the, the, the finger and the ankle and this and that. Like, all those guys need to run back, and it kills a drive. Kills any momentum. Daniel Jones gets sacked twice. Once on fourth down, end of the game. Chiefs got the ball back. They knelt. They took a kneel down, ran out the clock. Game is over. Kansas City wins. What pisses me off, though, and I don't, I don't, not pisses me off. I don't like to use the term pisses me off. Um, what annoys me, I guess that's maybe a little bit more mature. What um, grinds my gears, if you will, is Joe Judge makes such an emphasis on discipline. You know, he's having professional athletes run laps in practice. Why? Because it simulates the consequence of a penalty. You know, if they there's a fault, the offense has a false start in practice, you know, the entire the center and the uh, quarterback run a lap. Why? Because it simulates the consequence of a penalty. So if they're doing all that, and if they're that big on discipline, it is that much more embarrassing for them that they commit those two late game penalties that play crucial roles in their loss. It is embarrassing when you have a team that you're when you're so big on discipline and guys are running laps in practice. And then for that for that same team to be as undisciplined as they were late in that game on Monday night. It's embarrassing. It's one thing of an undisciplined team who doesn't make any emphasis does that. But when you make such an emphasis on being disciplined and you have these players run laps in practice as professional athletes, as if this is high school, and then they are undisciplined at the end of a road game on Monday night against Kansas City and they have two late penalties and they pick one off and it gets negated because of an offside penalty. It's embarrassing. Make such a big deal out of discipline and then your team isn't disciplined. Same thing happened at the at the end of the week two loss to Washington. You could argue if Dexter Lawrence was offside or not. The bottom line is this. They called him offside. Okay? Called him offside. Washington missed the field goal. The Giants would have won the game. They would have started off one and one. Nope, Dexter Lawrence was offside. They called him offside. You could argue whether or not he was offside. Bottom line is the refs called him offside. Negated the missed field goal. Washington went up. They lined up for the uh, second attempt. They made it. Football team won the game. You cannot have those mistakes. Especially when you make such a big deal out of your team being disciplined. To the point when you're making professional athletes run laps in training camp and in practice. Can't happen. You know, this defense plays such a good game. 
You know, they figured out how to stop Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes looked off the whole night. Threw a peck early. Was not in sync with Kelsey. He was, he was in sync with Tyreek Hill, I can tell you that. Tyreek Hill had a great game. But Mahomes looked off. He's looked off for a lot, you know, a good portion of this year. But regardless, he looked off on Monday night. And, um, yeah, the penalties killed him. You have those two. You have the Eli Penning taunting, the Eli Penny taunting penalty in the fourth quarter. I would say what you want about the taunting rule. I don't like it either, but it's still a rule. You still got to know it. You still got to know what's a rule and what isn't. And when the guy doesn't know the rule or he doesn't even think about it and he taunts him, that's undisciplined. 15 yards. Unsportsmanlike conduct. It's the opposite of being disciplined. And it is what's cost the Giants numerous times already this year. So two and six. Not a good spot to be in. It's a, a usual spot for the Giants the past couple of years, considering they've finished, they've started off, excuse me, two and six or one and seven through the first eight games each of the last five years. What was it? One and seven, one and seven, two and six in twenty nineteen. One and seven last year, two and six this year. It's not ideal. Not ideal at all. And when you're two and six and you can't remain consistent and you have a tough upcoming schedule that includes the Raiders this coming Sunday and then Tampa Bay after the bye week on Monday night. You still got to play Philly twice who you have not been able to beat consistently at all in the last couple of years. You lost to them, what, eight straight times from 2016 to 2020, if I'm getting that number correctly? Yeah, eight straight times. Still got to play Dallas once more. Still got to play Washington once more. You're two and six. You're not consistent. You got a tough upcoming schedule. You know what you got to do? You got to bite the bullet and say you're waving the white flag. You're focusing on 2022 and beyond, which means you need to get draft picks, which means you need to trade players at the trade deadline, which the Giants did not do. Giants, by the 4 p.m. Eastern Time trade deadline on Tuesday, could have given up Evan Engram, Darius Slayton, and or Saquon Barkley. Maybe Lorenzo Carter? Maybe O'Shane Zimenez? I would say Julian Love, but no, they need someone to replace Jabril Peppers for the rest of the year. That's why Julian Love ain't going anywhere. That's why Xavier McKinney ain't going anywhere. I didn't want them to go anywhere. Either of those guys. I thought they would trade Jabril Peppers, but he's out for the year. So that ship sailed that wasn't their doing obviously that wasn't the Giants doing that was you know they, they, they couldn't trade them but the fact that they uh, they're rolling the dice they're moving forward with Engram who uh is very much prone to on-field mistakes who they're probably not they shouldn't bring back after this year so they might as well get a pick for him now instead of a potential 2023 compensatory pick uh Saquon Barkley who can't stay healthy who uh plays a position that's diminishing in value and it won't be worth it to extend him either after this year or next. He signed through 2022. Uh, and they are rolling, they're moving forward with Darius Slayton, who, when everyone else is healthy, such as Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard, he is way down the depth chart. When everyone's healthy, he's the fourth, he's the fourth string receiver, Darius Slayton. They didn't desperately need 
these guys. They didn't desperately need Engram, Slayton, or Barkley. Now, I'm not saying they should have traded all three. That's tough. But the fact that they didn't trade any of them, when they need draft picks for 2022 and beyond, especially considering Track has the Giants at $13 million under the cap for 2022, they had to have made moves, and they didn't. And Joe Judge said on the uh, on the press conference, on the Zoom call on Tuesday, you know, he said they felt the decisions they made were the best interest in the team long term, or you know, some form of that. He said the best the decisions they made they felt were best for the team long term. But it's not the for the it's not the best for the team long term. The best for the team long term would be getting draft picks, especially considering your cap situation. The best interest in the team would be, okay, let's wave the, from a long-term perspective, the best interest in the team would be, okay, let's wave the white flag. Evan Engram is not going to, is not a long-term piece of this franchise anymore. Neither is Darius Slayton and neither is Saquon Barkley. So we might as well get draft capital for them now. That's what they should have said. And that's what they should have done. At least for one of those three players. Again, I can't say all three would have been gone. That's tough. Because the trade deadline in the NFL is weird, especially with comp picks. And that whole system. They should have at least tried to get some, send somebody away. Instead, no. They're moving forward with Engram, Slayton, Barkley. I know it would have been sort of tough to give up Zimenez and Carter considering the pass rush is as stagnant as it is. But I don't get the whole... bet. This, the decisions they made were... for They thought were best for the long-term approach for the team. I, I I don't get that ideology or I I, I that wasn't the I could look up the exact core right now because I don't get that ideology I I really don't so he goes judge says quote I think the decisions we made we thought were best for the team long term with where we're at it's it's, a, it's not the best long term it isn't the best long term would be getting draft capital for the future. And they didn't do that. The best move they made this past offseason long-term was trading back and getting another first-round pick for next year. When you keep a long-term approach in mind, the goal is to get future draft picks. The Giants didn't get future draft picks at this deadline, so how can you say they did what they did was best for the long-term? I don't, I don't get it. They needed to give up one of those players. And they gave up none of them. So now Engram's moving forward. You know, who knows what with him, with the mistakes he makes, the drops, the missed blocks. You know, who knows when Barkley's going to be healthy and on the field, and who knows if he can stay healthy. You know, who, who knows with Slayton, whether he, you know, he's missed a couple of games this year as well, and he's not overly reliable. So it's... Who knows with what they're, who knows? I, 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 I say that all the time when I'm when I'm talking about this team. Who knows? You know, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It, it's, it's, not, it's not easy because it just doesn't make much sense to me. It's not a long-term approach. It just, it, in my mind, I, I, if somebody can point out to me how I'm wrong, 
I'd gladly argue with somebody or, you know, discuss this, but I just don't see how not making moves when you're two and six for future draft capital is best for the team long term. I, I don't know how many times I could say it, but I just don't get it. But without further ado, thank you so much for listening to another one of my rants. And thank you so much for tuning in to episode 97 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm, as always, I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday, NFL Best Bets Week 9. So we'll have um, your best bets for that, uh, given all of our picks, spread, total, money line, uh, things of that nature like we always do. So we'll be back for episode 98 tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, November 3rd. But for now, thank you so much for tuning in. Listen to and subscribe to the uh, Wide Right Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Art Radio, Stitcher, Google Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. And uh, talk to you guys soon.